At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with michael lombardi and patrick maher on vsin Okay, so Lombardi line on a Sunday. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. Good to see JVT on the way out talking the association. We were having a little fun about Carl Anthony Towns, Michael, winning the three-point contest. I said there's a chance. I said there's a chance, but I didn't bet it. It was a 12-to-1. It was a good great call by you. And then when I watched it, you know, I mean, I thought he was a little deliberate, but he got them all in the last rack. I mean, he could have won by more if he hits them. You're I mean, right. He missed four of the last five in the last rack. So his stroke is magnificent. Doesn't even have to jump to get the ball there. The ball, the rotation, it's – I mean, you called it. Give yourself some well, no, props I, but here, my man. One thing about Carl Anthony – thank you, Michael. One thing about Carl Anthony Towns is he just – you just said it. His stroke, these bigs come into the league so refined – with their shooting stroke. I mean, think about it. He's a seven-footer, and he looks like a pure shooter. It's incredible watching these kids shoot. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, it's it's magnificent. That kid from Florida that was shooting yesterday, I, I was watching a Florida-Auburn game. I mean, my Lord, did he have a stroke. He's the big 6'11 guy. Looks like the yes. wind's going to take him away. But uh, he had an incredible stroke. What an incredible game, uh, that one at the end. I, I think yesterday proved once again that this thing is so up and down in terms of college basketball that, as Thomas Gable said, and we've all talked about, the seedings are going to be really, really critical. Where you are, who you have to walk through to get to the finals, it's anyone's guess. And, look, you know, yesterday we saw a lot of line movement going towards Texas, except we didn't see the score go to Texas. Yeah, let's discuss that. You just mentioned Auburn beat by Florida, an upset there. Appleby, who you mentioned, 26 points. That's a quad one win for Florida. They were they had entered yesterday, Michael, as that kind of first four out. So that's a big win for them over Auburn. It's fascinating, too, because Kentucky took care of business at home against Alabama. So with two weeks to play, essentially, here's what we have in college basketball. Got two weeks to play in conference and then three weeks until selection Sunday. But how about Kentucky? They're just now one game behind Auburn. And the selection committee had their early top 16 seeds, which they've done mm-hmm. now for seven, seven, eight years in a row. And their one seeds were, as you and I discussed yesterday, Gonzaga, no doubt. But Auburn was mm-hmm. number two overall as a one seed, Arizona, then Kansas. Auburn loses. This opens it up for Kentucky as well. 
And, you know, we all know Kentucky. You know, yesterday we were worried about Kentucky having their full team. Yep. Yep. You know, we were worried about them being completely healthy. Could they go in there? How were they going to handle it? You know, and and yet they played flawlessly. And and I think as any Calipari team, as he kind of develops the chemistry and the – and the culture within the year, because he's always constantly rearranging the team, I think it was pretty clear that now they'll get better as they go along. And, you know, I mean, look, they, they, they're, they're going to be there at the end, whether they're seated one or two. I think at the end of the day, they're going to be there at the end. And, you know, they didn't even have one of their best players on the court yesterday. No, nope, they didn't have Ty Ty Washington. They didn't have Wheeler in the backcourt, as you just mentioned. Uh, Grady was awesome. He was 7 of 9 from 3 at 25. And Shibway, who's going to win the Naismith, he's all, I mean, the kid is he's just a beast, 21 and 14. Kentucky's so impressive, Michael, because obviously they out-rebound everybody. They defend. Yeah. They don't turn the ball over. Calipari, Calipari gets killed for his in-game management, but his teams are pretty fundamentally – this is a fundamentally sound Kentucky team and a team that can win a national championship. I mean, when you shoot 64% from the three-point line in a game, you know, and then you shoot 50, you shoot actually better from the three-point line than you did from the the, 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 the two-point area. They were 53% in the two-point area in the game. And, you know, and they're dominant on the boards. I mean, that's the other thing is, is they're relentless and they can play, you know. And, and I think the one thing is because they had, didn't have those two starters, their bench didn't play a lot of minutes. Those guys played. I mean, Toppin played 40 minutes. He played the whole game. Yep. <laughs> Everybody else played damn near close to the whole game, and they didn't tire. You know, they actually got stronger. They scored 43 points in the second half. And you would have thought, watching that game, I felt like it was going to be Alabama because of the rotations were going to be able to take over, and they couldn't. So hats off to Kentucky. Look, you know, they're going to be there at the end, Patrick, no matter that there's too much talent here. And, and Auburn has shown some weaknesses and inability to close out games. I mean, Arkansas and then yesterday against Florida. And that was coming off their worst loss of the year, of course, at Tennessee, where they lost by – I think it was close to 14 points. I totally agree with you. Calipari shortened up the bench, and it, he plays mind games with his team. And without that backcourt, I think that's what he was doing, and that is that toughens the resolve for Kentucky. I, Auburn was fascinating because this was a game of runs at Florida. You know, Auburn's going to be fine. Their remaining schedule, Ole Miss – they're at Tennessee, which is a tough one. Mississippi State, who you mentioned playing a little bit better, and then South Carolina. So if they close out, they take care of business, they'll win the SEC, and, of course, they'll end up with that one seed. But this is, I mean, it's, it's just fascinating. And you mentioned at the top, Texas Tech and Texas. Can we discuss Mark Davis, the Texas Tech yeah. coach? I mean, this was a team that was preseason outside the top 25. You have a right. ready-made team in Texas when with Chris Beard is taking over. It's a new situation at Texas Tech. They just swept Texas. It's incredible, 61-55. You know, and, and Texas had a bunch of the recruits come in, and, I mean, the, the, what he left at Texas Tech. But, look, I, I think you got to give this coach a lot of credit. You give the players a lot of credit. I mean, you know, they, they, went, eight, they went eight deep. They had two, three guys. You know, they went to their bench and, and uh, they were able to get the things done that they had to. And, and you know, look, it's all centered on their defense. Their yep. ability to play great defense has has partly because of the, you know, the tremendous uh, the work ethic, the tremendous ability of of what Chris Beard installed into this team has carried over with with Adams. And I think you got they there's a, look, Mike Palm's been saying this now for three yep. weeks, you know, and, and, and he's right. I mean, they are a team that is going to be there at the end. And I think when you look at the Big 12 conference and just go over it and see where they are, I mean, you know, they are the best defensive team in the conference and they're the third best offensive team. 
And I think as we know going into tournament time, defense and point guards are really what are going to matter in the tournament. What's fascinating, too, is the quotes. I was reading some of the quotes coming from the Texas Tech kids. They are bitter about yeah. <laughs> they are bitter about Chris. I don't I don't know what happened between the lines. It's not my business, but you always look to the rebounding. They out rebounded Texas 45 36. That's that's just want and go get it done. And by the way, the Texas Tech, if you're watching that game, the Texas Tech fans they traveled. They were loud. Oh, anytime I told you it was there were 5,000 of them in there. They, anytime they showed beard, they went nuts. There's like some vitriol there between beard yeah, and, no, and well, that tech program. I mean, you've got to understand this is, goes back a long time. It's West Texas versus, you know, Texas Tech sits way out there, for lack of a better term, in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, they, they have great pride in their school. Their school has been very good in all sports. And yet they're not they're not an easy place to get to. And Texas is the blue blood of the state. And so there's always that kind of instant resentment. And when you as a coach leaves from their school to go to the better school, you know, or perceived better school, then then they take offense to that. And I think certainly that that Adams deserves a ton of credit. I mean, for what he's been able to accomplish. I mean, it's really remarkable. I mean, if he's not coach of the year, I don't know who is. They're a legit top 10 team now. They came into this matchup ranked 11th, Michael. But think about it. They beat Kansas. They beat Baylor. They beat Texas twice. I mean, this, uh, give Palm credit, too, because he came in a couple of weeks ago and liked him as a Final Four team. They're starting – they go deep. They'll out-rebound you. And as you just mentioned, Tech will defend you until they have blood underneath their nails. It's unbelievable. I mean, that is a great win. Catching three and a half. That number moved down a little bit. A 61-55 winner uh, for Texas Tech. I was very impressed with that team there. Yeah, I was. But I think at any time when you're, when you're filling out your brackets, like just go to – the defensive ranking of some of these teams. Because when you can play defense, like Arkansas did yesterday against Tennessee. Ugly great game. win. Ugly, ugly game. But a great win for Arkansas. Ugly win. I'm not sure what the officials were seeing in that game. They couldn't call a – you know, there was no fouls called. I'm sure, you, you know, that, that it was very difficult for both coaches to look at that and say, oh, my gosh, we're getting railroaded here, you know, on both ends of the floor. But at the end of the day, I mean, Arkansas's defense is really what allows Tennessee them to Tennessee scored 48 points, games. Michael, 48. They shot 16% from the three-point <laughs> line. I mean, they were four for 24 from the three-point line. I mean, they couldn't make it. They had some open looks, too. Yep. They got 59 shots up. Up in the game. They got 59 shots up in the game. They only made 16 of them. Think about that, Patrick. They took 59 shots in the game and they only they only made 16 of them. Yep. I mean, that's that that's and and I could say I I mean I text Musselman after the game. I'm like, I, I think the the Razorbacks might have might have missed 50 easy shots. I mean, there were oh, so yeah. many dunks. They, they, so the dunk they, they left so Layups. many points on the yeah. They I left totally so many agree. points on the court. It was horrible, you know. And and they turned the ball over when they brought the likes kid in, the little point guard who transferred from Miami. He turned the ball over at a rapid rate, you know. And and they weren't really. And usually he gives them some juice from the bench. But, uh, you know, Note was, you know, Note didn't even go off. I mean, the leading score was 13 points, Note and Williams. But the one difference in the game was Arkansas could flat out rebound. I mean, Williams had a double-double before, yep. I think, halftime. Yep. And they closed two. Uh, and that was a Tennessee com- Tennessee team coming in on a heater. Your buddy Muss has got to feel good about himself. Think about this. Musselman and Arkansas started 0-3 in the SEC play. In SEC play, they've now won 11 of 12. So this is yeah. how you want muscle. That, the reason I said muscle. First off, he's getting balance, but he, the, you want to you want to be playing this way heading into March, right? 
Start off slow. Yeah. Start to build your momentum. He did it last year with this Arkansas. He's a hell of a coach. Did it here at Nevada yeah, no doubt. up the road and, as well. And, and when you when you don't shoot well, you got to find a way to win a game, right? You just can't rely on your. That's why everybody looks at the offensive numbers. But in reality, what wins is who can play defense, who can get some stops. And and obviously Arkansas was able to do that yesterday. And and I think look, Tennessee's still a good team. I mean, I oh yeah, I was impressed by them. They didn't shoot well. I mean, I thought that James kid, even though he only had eight points in the game, I thought he was really sensational. I thought he could – he was 0 for 9 from the three-point – 0 for 6 from the three-point line. I thought he was going to play better. Look, Tennessee and Arkansas are looking up at Kentucky and Auburn in the SEC. But as I mentioned yesterday, you get that double bye for the top four seeds in the SEC tournament. So that's huge for Arkansas and Tennessee right now. All right, good start. No doubt. We're just getting started. Daytona 500 from Michael Lombardi today. Uh-oh, also, rev up your car, Patrick. <laughs> also, NBA All-Star Game. Got plenty to do. Quarterback rumors. The Commanders. Do they want Deshaun Watson? That's next. It's Lombardi. Are they consulting with uh, Amal? <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsen.com to check out the current betting splits data. You see it right there. You get it. This is probably one of the most um, important additions to our arsenal over at vsen.com because following the line movement like Michael and I discussed oftentimes it's not going to lead you to the right pick however it's very important as far as telling the whole story so you can find out which games are seeing the most tickets written odds data analysis for every game start your next sports bet at vsen.com Lombardi line on a Sunday as we say good morning good afternoon I'm Patrick well it is still morning where Michael is as well I'm Patrick yeah. Maher live from the vsen studios I got to give my man credit so and I texted you this yesterday. You're all over the college hoops, and I give you credit. Here's why. People don't realize how much Michael invests in the NFL season, how much tape he watches. He was watching the Super Bowl, like, late in the week last this past week. So you, yeah. you, you put so much time and effort into your algorithm as far as the NFL betting and just the studying that goes into the NFL. So, it, and we were talking, I was talking to Stephen Bond yesterday, the transition from the NFL as we're getting closer to March Madness into college hoops with so many transfers and so many teams in a wide open field this year, it is really busy. 
It really is. And, and, I, and I really love it. I do. And, and I'm fortunate that, you know, having written Gridiron Genius, I've been able to become friends with a lot of college basketball coaches, probably more so than college football coaches. Yeah. You know, I, I think college basketball coaches have gravitated towards reading the book. Uh, for some reason, it resonates with them. And so that's been fortunate for me. And I've been able to develop that friendship and relationship. So I have great interest in it. You know, as a kid growing up back here in Philadelphia, what, you know, there was the palestra there was the big five Philadelphia really is a college basketball town you know yep. it's one of the reasons why the Warriors moved from Philadelphia out to the Golden out to Oakland and San Francisco because of the, the love of the college teams whether it was Penn, LaSalle, Villanova, uh, St. Joe's so you know that that to me when you grow up around here you learn to love college hoops and 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 certainly as I mentioned yesterday, pilot that pilot station. If you got were fortunate enough to get that, you got ACC games before cable was invented, and Billy Packer was the the, the color guy on those stations, and it really kind of and felt your appreciation for the college game. Well, you mentioned Musselman down at Arkansas, Tom Crean, Georgia. These guys are so charming as well. They it's it's funny in my old life when I would interview them. Like Crean is the most charming guy you're ever going to talk to. Yeah. Musselman's the same way. You get on the phone with Musselman, he's saying your he's saying, yeah, Patrick, you know. That's a good question. He's like very charming. The college coaches are very charming, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. They, they really are. And, and you know, they're, they're good recruiters. And they have really, I think, one of the hardest jobs. I mean, poor Tom. I mean, in Georgia, he's lost a lot of players. He got bit by the, the transfer portal. Yep. His point guards now on Auburn. I mean, it's really the wild, wild west in college basketball right now. And it's a challenge. It really is. And that's why I think Mark Adams, I mean, when you examine what Mark Adams was able to do at Tech, you know, first of all, you know, I don't think people realize how good of a coach Mark Adams was before he became the head coach at Tech. I mean, he had 500 wins, over 500 mm -hmm. wins at places that nobody really knows about or Panhandle State, no disrespect. But, you know, but he's a coach and he was and a lot of the success they've had during Chris Beard's era was attributed to Beard's defensive acumen because of Coach Knight. But Adams played a huge role in that. And you've got to give Kirby Holcalt, the, the, the Texas Tech athletic director, a lot of credit for staying within the program and hiring him. And, you know, the guy's a Texas Tech native. He, he loves the West Texas. He, you know, he went to school. There. All those things play an important role. It's a little bit like Joey McGuire, the new head coach at Texas Tech football. He's a West Texas guy. I mean, that, he, I mean that, that's important to him. And I think ultimately that's why he'll have success because he wants to be there. He's not using it as a launch job to another job. But your point about the – it wasn't a sexy hire. So keeping – after Beard, who had took him to obviously a championship game, you, you want to make a splash with a name in college hoops for your fan base. Mark Davis wasn't that, but he was steady. And he – I'm glad you brought it up. There was so much credit given to him by other coaches behind the scenes even when Beard was there. And now they're the best team in Texas. I mean, think about yep. it that way. Texas Tech is the best basketball team in Texas right now. Yeah, and I mean, when he was the head coach at places like Clarendon State, I mean, and that's not a sinus pill. That's a college, Clarion College. I mean, you know, Wayland Baptist, and then we're talking about Texas Pan American. And, you know, and so even at Howard College for two years, he was the head coach for, for a long time at Howard College from basically over 10 years. So this guy, was, this guy was a proven winner. He just hadn't proven it in the Big 12, and I think he's made everybody pay attention to him. And to be clear, I'm saying they're the best team in Texas at as they're playing right now. Don't get mad at me, Baylor fans. Okay, yeah. quickly before we transition to the NFL, Durant, Team Durant, Team 
obviously LeBron in this in this draft era LeBron is 4-0 straight up 3-1 ATS if that means something to you this team is substantially better that being team LeBron than team Durant put it this way the captain team Durant's not even playing so if you just look <laughs> at the imbalance as far as I mean largely a competitive uh, advantage to LeBron's team he's got Giannis he's got a, he's got basically nine MVPs on team LeBron so we'll get into this I'm sure our buddy Will Hill will have a play on the all star game coming up but I wanted to bring this up because it was verified so whatever that means on social media I'm not great with it but I saw this rumor circulating today and I just want to get your thoughts first off the commanders as I bring up the commanders I wrote this down in my notes for you the passing of Charlie Taylor and the reason I yeah, brought it up is because the, you know the running back that turned into a great wide receiver I brought it oh, up because man. you grew up a Washington commander well at the time they yeah. weren't the commanders but you grew up a Washington fan and just seeing the pictures of him in that that old Washington uniform, which I loved, you know, the, the 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 different type of gold that it was with the burgundy stripes going down, and the helmet that obviously was not was not uh, uh, you know was not politically correct uh, that that George Allen d designed, yep. and certainly uh, it, it just to me was the, the it reminded me of an era uh, of when I watched him and he was great number 42 didn't understand why he wore 42 but what I learned from Charlie Taylor probably more than anything is running backs most of the time in pro football uh, it's usually a guy who's a great running back who moves to receiver is always going to be a better player let for example Nat Moore uh, of the of the Miami Dolphins. He was picked in the bottom of the third round of the 1974 draft, and he played at Florida, and he was a tremendous running back at Florida. And yet Shula saw that he had the ability to catch and turned him into this great wide receiver that was part of some of their successful teams as they move forward. And that, to me, was what Charlie Taylor was, was it, when you go from running back to receiver, you, you still take with you all the skills that, as a running back, you possess and that's what makes the difference once you get that ball in your hand. And what's fascinating about that, Debo Samuel going wide receiver to running back this year and being yeah. so successful. Because totally, totally different running styles. When he, and he was tough in between yeah. the tackles as well. I mean, he was unbelievable. It's amazing what he's able to do. You know, the way he runs with such power in his lower body. I mean, look, A.J. Brown and him both played at the Senior Bowl. And both weren't thought of as, as great talents because their 40 times weren't great. Right. But they play the game fast, and, and they're hard to tackle. Once again, you know, you ask yourself the question, can we cover this player, but can we tackle this player? That's the hard thing to answer. You know, A.J. Brown's hard to tackle. Uh, you know, and that's where, you know, sometimes you want those receivers that even though they're covered, they're open because they can catch the ball and out-jump out people for it. Also, big picture, Brian Flores joins the Steelers staff Great. as a defensive assistant and linebackers coach. I want to get your take here because obviously still litigation pending from his side against the NFL and teams. Well, look, I think it's smart for Brian to do this. And, and the litigation step aside, Brian is willing to say, I'm going to put my ego aside. I'm, I'm not just a head coach. I'm a football coach. Right. I'm no different than Bill Belichick, you know, who got fired at Cleveland and went to become the assistant head coach in New England and then became the defense coordinator of the Jets. Like, at some point, you have to restart your career. You can't always have the corner suite. And I think that this is really a demonstration of the lack of – of Flores' love for coaching and also his willingness to, to, to not see himself only as a head coach because he knows what he, whatever he does here in Pittsburgh, he will then get 
get the ability to have another interview. And with the Rooney family behind him and then watching him work and watching him coach and helping Terrell Austin become a better defensive coordinator, I think it's a great hire for Mike Tomlin. I think they'll be different defensively. I, I think ultimately this is smart for Brian to do outside of the lawsuit, which which ultimately will shed some light on minority hiring. But I, I admire Brian for doing it. It's a great look for Flores. 15 seasons as an assistant there. I think four before that as a scout with New England, won four championships, two winning seasons of three in Miami as a head coach and a defensive assistant. That just tells you that he, he just loves coaching. And it, it, it sheds a better light on the lawsuit. Uh, it, it, it's not, it, it does, and I think ultimately it sheds a better light on Brian that he's not sitting there saying, look, unless I get a head coaching job, I don't want to coach. Right. Like, you know, he went right back in, and he's got Mike Tomlin. He's in a really good organization with stability. I mean, it's a really good – to me, it's a smart play on his part. I mean, it's a smart play on Pittsburgh's part. Don't get me wrong. They're going to need all the, the help they can get. They've got some cap room. They've got to fix their defense. They've got to fix their offensive line. But I like the hire. I really do. As you know, I'm a Brian Flores fan, and I think this certainly will help him. Well, you said he should have got a job in this cycle. I mean, he it should've. is fascinating I mean, you know, he didn't get a job. Well, it's the NFL. It's the politics of the NFL. I mean, you know, the minority hiring is wrong, but there's also internal politics that, that people don't understand, especially I see a Stephen Bond, especially <laughs> from the agents. Well, a double tease. Now, he's got all kind of code numbers he's over there. I it. swear, I feel like I'm playing charades with Bond Are the commanders going all in for Deshaun? We'll find out next. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, first bet, Express Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000. Get 10 bucks instantly when you sign up and up to $1,000 in bonus money. Visit vsin.com slash horses for details. It's vsin.com slash horses and use that bonus code Vegas1000. Are you ready for a juicy rumor, Michael Lombardi, on a Sunday morning? Oh, man, yeah. I got Why you covered. Not? I got you covered, what bro. What do we got? Okay, so, for, so as far as cap space, quarterback needy teams, the Dolphins have, like, the Dolphins, Dolphins are in a great spot cap space-wise. I think they got, like, 65 yeah. mil. The Broncos, yeah. 39 mil. This is all, you know, right around. The Colts, 37. Mm -hmm. Washington, the Commanders, 30, and Pittsburgh, 29 and a half. So those are teams that need okay. a quarterback. Today, the rumor circulating is this. The Commanders. Where's this rumor circulating? It, it was, ver I, I stink on Twitter. It was verified. <laughs> Steven, who's great with Twitter, said it's verified, and it's, it's, people are discussing it. And it's juicy. I'm, just, I'm, lead, I'm telling you right now, it's juicy. I'm going to tease you. All right. So the Commanders, I got to get used to that. Offered the Texans. Chase Young couple years ago, number two overall pick. This year's first rounder, the 11th pick. This year's second rounder, the 42nd pick. Next year's third rounder, so that's 2023 for Deshaun Watson. So again, Chase Young, the edge. The 11th overall this year, 42nd overall this year, and a third rounder next year. It is verified. They're going to be talking about it on all the shows tomorrow. I'm just bringing it up. It could mean nothing because we understand the situation around Deshaun Watson is completely topsy-turvy right now. But your thoughts on the offer in general, and we know the commanders are going to get a quarterback. I think it's light. I actually think it's light. Uh, you know, Chase Young's coming off the ACL. So, but he would fit really perfectly into Lovey Smith's defense. I mean, they could line him up at the Simeon Rice role, if you will, the right end. 
over the left tackle if, and give them that guy that he really desperately needs. So they get a blue chip player over there if they could make him into a blue chip player because Chase Young's a little bit more of a media darling than he is an actual good player. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was uh, writing about Howard Cosell for the book, and, and Cosell has a great line. He says, if we see it, we've got to say it. And that's what he was talking about when he talks, when he was doing Monday Night Football. And when you see Chase Young, you got to say what he really is as opposed to the hyperbole that comes into play about all the media sensation. But I think he can be still a good player. And I think that, that, that it seems a little light. I think they're going to have to add another first-round pick in that. I think the Colts will be strong players if, the, if they can get into it. If Houston will let them in, I think Denver will match that. I think they'll have a lot of plays. And I think for Nick Cesario, he now knows what he's getting, right? He knows that he's going to get the 11th pick. He knows he's getting the 6th pick or whatever, whomever decides to make this trade. Whereas if he traded him before the deadline, he didn't know he was buying into uncharted areas. And I'm sure the, you know, the Eagles will be right in play here. Even though everybody says they're into Jalen Hurts, I think they'd be in play here. They've done a lot of work on him. Well, and didn't the Philadelphia Eagles, who you just mentioned, didn't they get a first-rounder for Wentz from Indianapolis? They did. So, they have three ones this year, Patrick. Now, yeah, it's a bad draft loaded. to have three ones. It's a, I mean, Jimmy Johnson made this point, and I think he's right. I think sometimes in drafts, when you look at the totality of drafts, you, should, you would be better off trading that one in a next year. Like, I, I would see the Eagles doing that. Like, this one isn't really worth it, even though on the point chart every year's – if you have the seventh pick in the draft, for example, right. that's, there's a value of that draft pick right there. I'd say it's a 1,500 points. Well, every year it's 1,500 points. But in this year's draft, it might only be 1,100 points. And that's what takes somebody to figure that out. So, for me, I think that's what the Eagles should do, is they should trade that pick for a next year's pick. And somebody might be willing to do it. I'm not expecting you to go like Pelican brief on me and know everything about litigation, but do you know any, are you hearing anything through your sources about Deshaun Watson and his, his availability coming up this season? I, I, I talked to all, I talked to some of the teams that have an interest in him as a quarterback. And I asked that specific question and, and I don't want to be Perry Mason, you know, and, and figure this out and, and understand all the, the point counterpoints. But there is some concern by these teams that it is, that this is not just going to be a civil charge, that it could end up in the criminal court. It hasn't been decided yet. I think there's a lot of unknowns. And the other big unknown is if, say, he settle, settles, right? Say Deshaun and his attorneys decide to settle with all the complaints and, and, he, and he squares those away. That doesn't absolve him from the, 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 the criminal case, if there, there is one. And it also doesn't absolve him from Commissioner Goodell and where that is. So there's a lot of balls in the air. And I think the one thing for sure is Nick Cesario has one decision he needs to make. Do I trade him lowering the value or building some clauses in the contract, uh, in the trade deal? that if the trade doesn't, if he's not able to play, I lose less of the trade. And if he is able to play, I gain more of the trade. You follow me? Yep, I do. So he doesn't want to sell on speculation that he's going, he wants to spell, he wants to get a trade based on he's going to play. That has the most value. But he also has to put, build clauses in there for some team that would be willing to pay just to assume the risk. 
Now, what's the difference here? And desperation lies all in this. So when you're really desperate, you're willing to assume some of the risk. Well, Casario, who runs the Texans, by not trading him before the start of the 2021 season or the trade deadline, it kind of lets you know he's not just interested in getting him off the roster. Like, this is a, this is a piece. He's, he's, he knows he has a huge piece here. And as you mentioned, he gets a ton of leverage if he's cleared. That's when he can really start having some fun and gambling. Right. And he also gets, he gets a chance to rebuild his team. I mean, this is the one piece that can pay homage back to them to give them the assets they need to do to offset the damage that was been done when Billy O'Brien was running the team. And he was trading away things that he shouldn't have traded away, that he wasn't operating as a good general manager. He was operating as a head coach in a desperation mode. And so I think that ultimately that's that this one piece, this one player might be able to give him that. I'm going to throw something. Garoppolo, a stealer. Are you hearing anything along those lines? There's no, no way Mason. See that. Uh, that one feels right to me. I, I really does. It does. It, it does because I think what the Steelers are going to want is they're going to want somebody who can, for lack of a better term, manage the game and fit into what they do. You know, they're going to they're gonna be led by Nigel Harris. They want to run the football. They want to get back to the – remember, Bruce Arians got fired in Pittsburgh because he threw the ball too much with Ben, even though Ben wanted to throw the ball. The Steelers want to get back to a balanced, a normal – a traditional style of not that they're not going to be in shotgun and all that, but I think they want to have some balance and and utilize the run game and play to the strength of their team, which will be the defense and the and the weather that they play in. So, you know, I I think I could see that, and it all it's all going to come down to supply and demand, and you'll we'll start to hear. Because the 49ers are very good at propaganda. I mean, they are very good at propaganda. They can put spin on anything now. And you've got to know that. If you're in the league, you know who's really good at propaganda. And they'll start to spin it out on what they've got. And they'll create a market based on their ability to leak stuff. So I guess the roadblock would be, and yesterday I misspoke. I said that Kirk Cousins was owed 45 mil. The cap hits 45 mil, right, Michael? He's owed right. 35 mil. He's guaranteed 35 million in base out. So that's buttoned up. Now, as I said yesterday, they can take that 35 and use it as a signing bonus and lower significantly lower his cap if they can agree to more future years. And I bring that up because Garoppolo, I guess the biggest impediment as far as the Niners moving on or trading him is wherever he goes, he's going to have a $25.5 million cap hit and he's going to be a free agent after next year. So right. there's I think decisions it's 22 to make. Million. Something like that. I think it's like he's got 15 and 6. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it, you know, we get caught up in these numbers. But for $20 million to get a quarterback, that's a fairly cheap deal. Like the Carson Wentz deal at $22 million is the, the problem with Carson Wentz isn't his contract any longer. It's his play. Yeah, he's a fascinating study. Okay, we can throw up the tweet. It wasn't a verified report. It was a verified tweeter. <laughs> there it is. The commander's offering Houston. Chase Young, 2022. My man Dan Cilio, the nose tackle from Miami. Wow. See? You know Dan Cilio? How about me? Yeah, Dan Cilio played nose. Huh? <laughs> I do. I, I, know, I knew the name. I, I, now that you're putting the pieces together, it makes sense to me. Played nose tackle. I've done his radio show. He's out in San Diego. It's interesting he would be able to kind of hear this uh, through his network. But, you know, I think you always have to kind of figure out where the info comes from. But good for Dan. I mean, obviously he feels this is something that's on the table. I know this. I, I, I know this. The one thing, if you know Marty Herney at the Washington Commanders and, and Martin Mayhew, the two guys in their front office, and, and really their owner, 
And along with they, they got to win next year. I mean, they've given oh, they've yeah. given Ron Rivera three years, and and it hasn't looked very good. They're going to have to do something to turn this thing around. Young in a few picks feels super light for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun it Watson does. is a top for four quarterback. quarterback. If, if yeah. he's ready to go, top five quarterback in the league. Well, he puts you in the playoffs. So you know, even though when he was there, they won as many games last year as they did when he was there. Think about that, Patrick. Now that's going to. Be- some people I said a top five quarterback when he's ready he look at his numbers last year he played remarkable he's really good he is really, really good. good so we shall see what happens with Deshaun Watson and coming up next Will Hill's gonna join us a little college hoops NBA all-star game coming up next here Lombardi line presented by BetMGM At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM customers, pay attention. You can score big with a special offer on the NBA All-Star Game. Simply place a $25 wager on the game, and you'll receive $10 free. And you can use that for any other NBA wager. Just opt in to the promotion, place your bet, and enjoy all the All-Star game and the festivities, of course, uh, like you've never before at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Remember, BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Get a piece of the NBA action all season long at the king of sportsbooks. So it's tipping off tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time, 25 bucks, $10 free. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. Hope you're having a nice Sunday and a nice weekend. We bring in our buddy Will Hill, of course, the New York City cast, vcin.com slash podcast. There's our guy as we get to some college hoops. Before we do, did you enjoy the festivities last night? Your boy Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. Who won the slam dunk? Oh, Obi Toppin. Toppin. Michael, I'm sorry. I was not up for the slam dunk contest. From what I understand, it was a debacle, Will. Yeah. We go uh, ahead, Will. You you lead. Yeah, it. you're you the NBA guy. As good a guess as I do because I watched absolutely none of this. I'm just I'm not into it. I just I can't get into it. I don't know some of the names of Cole Anthony and Toppin. I mean, I just you get to a point with the dunk contest where every single dunk has been done before. It just kind of gets old. And again, it's not the name brand guys. I'm just I'm kind of out on all of it. Uh, I won't watch much of the All Star game tonight. I just you know watch some college basketball and uh, kind of recharge the batteries. I'm, I'm not into the All Star stuff. Have you been playing much NBA? Have you been betting much NBA? 
A little bit. It was kind of a crazy last week heading into the All-Star break. Uh, favorites had been doing really well up until this week. And then underdogs, really, you got some strange results this week. Patrick's Pistons beating the Celtics. Uh, the Blazers, you know, beating the Grizzlies. There was a night where two plus 600 teams on the money line won. I think that was that night. Uh, you just got some crazy results. So, yeah, it's been fun. I'm excited to see our boy Harden come back, hopefully soon. Uh, should be a really good playoffs. I mean, it's definitely a grind. It's the dog days of the NBA season. But once you get into March Madness, you kind of forget about the NBA for a little bit. And should have a really good, especially in the East. I mean, it's one through eight in the East where the teams are really good, really balanced. Should be a really fun playoff. And remember, we're three quarters, 75% of the way through the yeah. year. So that's one thing to keep in mind Keep in mind as far as the NBA season and an extended break. We don't get basketball back till Thursday. So, and, and listen, the players deserve it. It's as far as betters and a betting network. Let's get it back. Five and a half right now, eight Eastern tonight, all-star game. Team LeBron laying it. No Durant, obviously, for Team Durant. Okay, well. Let me well, ask you a question, Yeah, Patrick. please. Let me uh, the Hall of Fame game rating and the NBA All Star. What do you think is gonna? Who's give me the over under on that? Who's winning that? Who's winning that rating? Well, I think, and you're talking. I think the NFL. They did a big number this year, for their a huge number, incredible yeah, number. Yeah, but I, I mean, just compare the the Hall of Fame game in Canton so rating. The, so and the, the first NBA. preseason game against the NBA All Star game. Yeah, that uh, is going to be a killer. It's it's the NFL is going to just pummel it. Kill them. I mean, it Kill pummels it. I mean, the NFL just had they went up 16 percent this year in the Super Bowl at over like 115 million people watching. You think it's popular? Yeah, really. It's unbelievable. Um, okay, Will, where do you want to start as far as college hoops? Got it's a it's obviously a lighter slate than it was yesterday. Yesterday we had over 150 games. You pick it. We'll give you the number. Uh, how about Michigan, Wisconsin? What do we got? Three? No, it's two and a half. A couple books laying three. So if you want to lay it yeah. with Wisconsin, you can lay two and a half and a total of 137 and a half. Huge game for Michigan here. Yeah, big game yeah. for Michigan. I actually think it's a pretty good matchup for them because they can go zone. They can make Wisconsin shoot. Wisconsin is not a great shooting team. Uh, and they can kind of feast at the rim. Wisconsin's bigs are not great defending the post. They can just kind of feed Dickinson. They're not big. They're not mobile uh, on Wisconsin's side. So, like you said, a, a huge game for Michigan. They are one of the you know last four in, that kind of thing. They are squarely on the bubble. So, uh, I actually go with Michigan here. They got some issues defending pick and roll. They're not the quickest defense, but I don't know that Wisconsin can really exploit that. So, uh, I'll take the Wolverines here plus the points. Yeah, you know, it's it's Michigan is so inconsistent, Will, this year. They haven't been able to get any momentum going. And, and the one thing they can do is score. I mean, they are the third best scoring team in the Big Ten. And I think that, you know, because they're playing a team that really isn't going to be a dominant scoring, their bad defense doesn't look as bad. I'm with you on this one. Yeah, they beat Michigan beat Iowa at Iowa last week. And most prognosticators have them as the last four in right now. Their record isn't impressive, but their numbers are. And Wisconsin, this is big for Wisconsin as well as far as the league title in the Big Ten. They're tied in the loss column with Purdue and Illinois. So, but, to, I mean, Michigan just needs it. Remember, Michigan came into the season preseason ranked sixth in the country and unranked now. So, Juwan Howard finding it a tough go. Um, and Wisconsin's – Johnny Davis is a stud. Uh, he's he's going to be in the mix for player of the year, although Shibway is going to win it. But, I, it, again, two and a half and the total 137 and a half right now. Do you have a lean here, Providence Butler? Uh, Will, we'll set it up for you. Providence open three. They've been bet up to four at most shops. Yeah, I can understand that move. I just think it, it's not a vintage Butler team by any stretch. And 
Uh, Hodges, one of Butler's best offensive players, questionable, I would say. I think it's probably unlikely he's going to play. Now, a little bit of a letdown spot here for Providence. You know, they had that big game against Nova. I think it was on Tuesday night. But they've got the rest advantage. Butler had to play Friday. And just as Butler kind of turned a corner, looked like things you know were getting better for them. They were starting to play a little better. They got smoked on Friday against St. John's. And, you know, it's funny. We talk about the steam. They got bet and bet and bet on Friday. They were plus nine. They got bet all the way down to plus seven, plus six and a half. And they just got run out of the gym by St. John's. So uh, Providence has had a great year. I, I think you look at some of the advanced metrics, some of their shot quality, that kind of things. They're due for some regression. But I would still lean Providence here. Just think they're the better team. Boy, I, I don't know how you bet. Really, you got to have guts to bet Butler after that performance against St. John. They yeah. were never in that game. No. I mean, from the tip, they were never in that game. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Will. This is, you know, we're, we think of Butler as always being a good team, and yet we know they're not. I mean, they're 6-10 and 10 in the conference. They're 13-14 and 14 overall. So, you know, they, they have had some issues, and, and obviously Providence. To me, if you're going to be a great team, we're going to learn a lot about Providence, especially for your brackets, is if Providence plays good today and takes care of a team they should beat, then we know they're mentally tough enough to be endure the tournament. Even if Providence does have some regression coming, if and great job, Will, if Hodges doesn't play and keep on Twitter and keep up with this, first off, they can't score anyway. And Hodges, if they don't have Hodges, it's a good defensive team, but they can't score. And if Hodges isn't playing, this is lopsided, even at home. Yeah, and again, the only thing I would concern me with Providence, a little bit of a letdown spot coming off uh, that game against Nova. You know, they're going to Indianapolis here uh, Sunday afternoon. Maybe they, they get a little, little bit of a flat spot here. But other than that, Providence should ro probably roll in this one. How about Rutgers? Rutgers is a love fascinating Rutgers. team because yeah, they've got they so many Rutgers. quad one wins and then they've got a quad three loss. They're just, they play so well at home though. It's fascinating right now with Rutgers. They're on the road today against the aforementioned top of the big 10 Purdue Boilermakers. You've got Rutgers catching 12 and a half. So Purdue's laying 12, 12 and a half here. Will 138 and a half on the total. Yeah, you look at Rutgers, they're Tarzan at home. They're Jane on the road. But again, 12 and a half <laughs> is a lot of points. I think Harper is questionable. It, he is with questionable. The way this line is factored, it, it kind of gives me the indication he's not going to play, which is obviously huge for Rutgers. But still, 12 and a half is a lot of points. This Purdue team, you know, I don't know. Look, they're, they're ranked number five. I don't know that they're a legit contender just because they have so much trouble stringing together stops. They are not a great defensive team. They really struggle with quicker guards. So to me, I would still take the 12 and a half. Obviously, you know, keep on Twitter, see if uh, Harper's going to play. My guess is he won't just based on the line. But to me, 12 and a half is too many for a Purdue team that really has trouble, you know, getting stops, getting off the floor. Yeah, and, and the one thing Rutgers is they're, they're usually, I mean, I know Harper's their, their guy, but they play good defense, and so yep. 12 and a half is a lot. They're going to need they're gonna need some way to get the ball in the basket if Harper doesn't play today. That's going to be the challenge. You know, tw I, I agree with you, Will. I think this number would probably be eight, eight and a half if it wasn't, if Harper was playing. Revenge spot for Purdue. You both nailed it. If Harper's playing, take the points. If he's not, stay away or lay it with Purdue. That's really what it comes down to. Pykel's def team defends their butts off, as Michael mentioned, and they place so I like what'd you call it the Jane away from home the yeah they're Tarzan at home they're Jane on the road they really are they're in Rutgers has been incredible at home and the quad one wins they're, I mean they're four in a row they've won four in a row I mean give them credit you know they have one and one of them was a road game they beat Wisconsin so they have they have played well but I, I mean Harper's got to play for them to me to be able to compete against Perdon <laughs> Take it easy. They are atop the Big Ten. Uh, over there, at I the, love Perdon. I, I always just do. call him Perdon. Uh, the Jersey Mike Arena. Have you been to the Jersey Mike Arena to watch a basketball game down there? 
Michael? No, I haven't. I would love to, though. I, I, I love it. You know, I love Jersey Mike's. I mean, that guy gives a lot of money to charity, you know, and so, uh, you know, it, it's I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in the state university here. You know, I'm a big Rutgers guy. Home wins against Purdue, Ohio State, Michigan State, Iowa, and Michigan. That's ridiculous. They also have a road win, Rutgers, against Wisconsin. It's a good team. Let's go ahead and throw this up. A little surprise for Will. Will and his lovely bride were getting busy on a Saturday. What the hell is that? Because oh, I'm awesome. hungry now. My goodness. It's How not could even you eat all those wings? There was a prime rib involved. There's some lobster bisque, some wings. Yeah, had a little uh, late Valentine's Day celebration. You know, they really snuck us wow. snuck Valentine's in on that Monday after the Super Bowl. That was a, a bad move, sneaking the Valentine's Day right after the Super Bowl. But celebrated it yesterday, had a nice time. Uh, yeah, enjoyed it, got after it for that, sure. That is a heavy, heavy Valentine's Day meal. Cool. That is, um, I mean, I don't know how you eat all those wings. Where was the, give us the name of the restaurant. I mean, they look like good G- wings. We got to get those. It's Jay Timothy's in Plainville. They get ranked second best wings in the country. They're, uh, they've been on some of those Food Network shows really good. You know what they do? They fry them, they sauce them, then they fry them again. They're called dirt wings. They double fry them. New York City cast, oh, Will wow. Hill, you're the best. Any Thanks, chance Will. to flex with your wife, too, is good. We come back with the Lions next here Lombardi Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.